This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I'm Faraz. We're here with Zach as well. We're back doing some division previews. We talked NFC East earlier this week. Uh, make sure to check out that episode. But today we'll be going over the AFC East, the Jets, the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Patriots. We'll be previewing those teams for fantasy football. And guys, if you haven't already, please go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Hit the plus sign or whatever you have to do on Apple Podcasts or Spotify in order to follow the podcast so you have all of the new episodes ready for you on your podcast feed. Um, we're going to be doing two podcasts a week all the way up until the season, previewing everything you need to know to win your fantasy football leagues, win your best ball tournaments, make dynasty decisions. All that starts now. Okay, it's time to start preparing for the 2023 <laughs> fantasy football season. Um, Want to go over a little bit of news. Uh, we have OTAs in full swing. These are voluntary workouts, by the way, but most teams – you know, only have a just you know just a handful of players missing, for the most part. Most of these players are in there. Um, but a few quick notes from various beat reporters around the NFL. We're not going to go too deep on these, just because uh, it's one or two days of OTA so far. It's still super early. You know, make sure you're taking all this with a grain of salt, right? Like one guy looks good in OTAs without helmets on. Like don't don't act like, you know, the dude is going to be like a fantasy wide receiver one. Uh, or Juwan Johnson, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'll, I'll talk about that. But, like, you know, yeah. just just, just kind of, like, take everything with a grain of salt, right? Um, so from New Orleans, Derek Carr and Juwan Johnson, they're showing some rapport. Uh, Foster Moreau, you know, he signed with them as well. Uh, he's a little involved, but it's possible that, you know, Juwan is the primary tight end uh, running routes for this team. Something to, something to take note of given, you know, there's Chris Olave, there's Michael Thomas, um, and then it's kind of wide open after that. You know, we're probably going to consider Kamara there, too, in the passing game. Um, but we do have a, a little bit of a history of Carr favoring his tight end, you know, when he has a good one. So, you know, there's some precedent there, right? Yeah. Um, the Titans, uh, you know, the, the Titans that are standing out right now, right, as guys who were involved from the jump, Chico Quanco, that's that's some that's a name that we wanted to hear, you know, be pretty involved. He thinks he's gonna be pretty involved too. Traylon Burks, uh pretty involved. Obviously, uh rookie t- rookie running back Tajay Spears. Uh he's been very involved as well, looking good in the receiving game. And Ryan Tannehill, he's looking sharp. Uh Will Levis, you know, a little bumpy, not so accurate, but is still uh pretty early, obviously. Um to Houston, uh CJ Stroud you know, should be coming in soon. But Davis Mills, he's running with the first team so far. That will likely change. 
Uh, apparently, you know, all Mills was doing was dumping the ball off <laughs> so far in OTAs. <laughs> we shouldn't be surprised about that. So, you know, hopefully we'll see C.J. Stroud up there pretty quickly. Uh, Calvin Ridley in Jacksonville looking like the real deal. Like, you know, they're just talking about him just looking different, moving different than all these other wide receivers. Um, and, you know, it is a pretty good chance that he's going to shape up as their wide receiver one. Yeah, he's actually one of my favorite targets, you know, in drafts. And he's actually still going pretty late, I think, for where he could finish. I mean, I don't think there's anybody in that receiver room. Obviously, Christian Kirk, he's one guy that you could think, okay, maybe he'll take some targets. And Evan Ingram's there, too, but he's a tight end. I mean, I think Calvin Ridley's due for a huge season, you know, just like we had him before the whole suspension. He's been out of football for a little while, but I don't think this is going to be like a Michael Thomas thing where him being out of football takes him completely out of the game. Like, I I think Calvin Ridley's due for a huge comeback. And with Trevor Lawrence, a quarterback, the way that he's been playing, I mean, he should be taking another step forward this season. So I'm excited. This is a playoff team, and he's going to be the wide receiver one. And He looks pretty sick in that zero, too. You know what I'm saying? So I really like like Calvin Ridley this season, um, especially at his price right now. Um, Moving on, we got Jaden Reed. He's starting the slot for the Packers uh, as a rookie. He did fumble on day one. He tried to fall in it. He got yelled at. Uh, because they, they don't want any of that during OTAs. Just stay healthy, you know, stay clear. Uh, you know, but he's a rookie. He'll learn. He'll get better. He'll be all right. Uh, Devon A-Chain apparently going off in Miami so far. You're really looking like the real deal, especially uh, in the receiving game. Uh, pretty, He's pretty involved early on. So it's good to hear that uh, for sure uh, from an electric guy like that. Uh, Bryce Young. He's apparently been very impressive so far. He had more first-team reps than Andy Dalton. Obviously, you know, Andy Dalton, you know, there was always a chance that he would start if Bryce Young wasn't ready, but it's look it's looking like, you know, Bryce Young, it's going to be his show, you know, from the get if he continues to do what he's doing right now. Right. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, he suffered a minor calf strain on Tuesday. He'll be all right. Um, Al Lazard, he also went down hard, but he finished practice as a full go. Um, let's see, moving over to Washington, Sam Howell, he's taking first team reps in Washington over, over Jacoby Brissett. We saw Brissett, uh, obviously fill in for Deshaun Watson last year, uh, before Watson was ready, uh, you know, during his suspension. Uh, but Sam Howell looking like the potential Washington starter, uh, this year, we talked a little bit of the, about that in our NFC East preview, uh, right. on Tuesday. So to make sure to check out that episode. Uh, Trey Lance, you know, he is, in fact, throwing at OTAs. You know, he's taking first-team reps for now. Uh, apparently, until Sam Darnold can get more familiar with the playbook and the offense, Kyle Shanahan said that that could even out a little bit in terms of first-team reps First-team reps between those two guys. Um, he also said that he is optimistic that Purdy will play, that Brock Purdy will play week one. Um, right. Whether he'll actually be ready, who knows. Uh, apparently, he's going to be doing some light throwing next week. For the first time, uh, but it's still like a long recovery to be able to throw at full strength. Yeah, that, that's one of the craziest situations, I think, for this offseason. It seems like that's been, it's been that way for the past two, three years with the 49ers quarterback situation. Like at first it was, is Jimmy Garoppolo still going to be the quarterback? Are they going to trade him? And then he stays and then they draft Trey Lance. And now it's like, is it Trey Lance or is it Jimmy Garoppolo? And now it's Trey Lance. Is it Brock Purdy, the Mr. Irrelevant guy? You know, and then now I don't think I don't see a world where Darnold is starting over either of them do you like i i think that's just smoke i i don't know if they just want to like give him a shot i feel like he's had plenty of chances and his ceiling isn't anywhere near where trey lance could be i wouldn't say that brock purdy has a trey lance has a trey lance type ceiling either but brock purdy you know he's gonna be a solid starter but even he is a tremendous upgrade in my opinion 
over Sam Darnold. I'm surprised that he's sticking around as somebody that they might have. But I guess if you got it, why not use it, right? Oh, they're they're definitely gonna. He's gonna be active for every game. Like he's definitely yeah. he's gonna stick around for sure. I mean, I they I added that rule, intrigue. right? They made that rule oh, change. That you can carry a third quarterback. Is I think that's what they said because of that yeah. game in the NFC Championship. You can, you can carry a third quarterback without it counting towards the uh, roster limit for a game, which right. is interesting to me. Um, it's like if you want to just dress three quarterbacks, just dress three quarterbacks, and I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like that restriction was just fine. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, I, I think they just don't know what they have in Trey Lance right now, and 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 I think there's a possibility that Sam Darnold starts now. Also, there's some intrigue because Sam Darnold he showed he's shown signs here and there, but he he pretty much sucks. Like we can kind of say that. However, with Kyle <laughs> Shanahan things can change, you know, yeah. and, you know, he can get more out of a quarterback than, you know, a lot of other coaches can. Yeah. All right. To the AFC East. Let's start with the Bills. Obviously, Josh Allen, one of the top fantasy quarterbacks every week, high-end fantasy QB1. Uh, There's mm-hmm. an argument for him to be top two fantasy quarterback. I have him as a top four fantasy quarterback, and by the way, my full redraft and dynasty rankings are up on patreon.com slash upperhand fantasy. Uh, just real quick, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Lamar. Rank those four for me this season. All right. Go. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Jalen Hurts at one. And I know I want to put Patrick Mahomes at one, but I, I think Jalen Hurts is number one because of his rushing ability. He's gonna be running so much more than Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, he can throw. Obviously, he is wide receiver proof, you know matchup proof he's the ideal fantasy quarterback rely on him week to week but Jalen Hurts has higher upside each week just because he runs we saw him go crazy in games because he had three rushing touchdowns in a game if I'm not mistaken I think that was I forget who it was against exactly but he threw for almost like a hundred some yards he didn't throw for many yards at all he ran the ball they were dominating that game and he scored a ton of points so Jalen Hurts is number one then Patrick Mahomes at number two and I think I'm gonna put Lamar at by the way by the way, I think I remember what game that was where he rushed for three, three touchdowns. Which one was that? Super, Super Bowl. Oh, not even that. This was a regular season game. Oh, was it? I, yeah, this was a regular season game. That, that just does it. So there you go. He had multiple games where he was rushing for tons of touchdowns. He had ridiculous number of touchdowns on the ground. And that's just a cheat code for fantasy. So I'm going to do, like I said, Jalen Hurts one, Patrick Mahomes two. He was great in the Super Bowl. Um, it, was against the, it was against the Bears in December. Right, that's what it was. It was and yeah. then third, I'm going to put Lamar. I know you're excited about Lamar, especially with the new offensive coordinator. I like Lamar there at three. And it's funny to say that Josh Allen is at four, but I don't want to buy too much into what Josh Allen said. But I remember that one press conference where he said that he might have to start dialing it back with the run a little bit more. You know, he's in a good offense. Obviously, he's Josh Allen. He's going to be doing Josh Allen things. But if I look at the upside of the guys ahead of him, I mean, that's what I'm projecting for the top three guys. Jalen Hurts is Jalen Hurts. Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. Lamar Jackson, obviously, there's a little projection there. We're expecting him to stay healthy and reach that potential. But his weapons have gotten so much better than he's had in his career, you know, just this offseason. So I think it's going to be a huge year, like you said, especially with a little bit more throwing. They're finally getting away from the run, run, run mentality. So I think that Lamar at three makes sense over Josh Allen. But there's nothing wrong with Josh Allen. It's just because the guys ahead of him are that good that he's sitting down here at four. He's liable to be the QB1 overall any week. You know, and that's the same way it is with all these guys. But that's how I would have them ranked right now if I was forced to pick um, for 2023. Love it. 
Stephon Diggs, obviously, you know, another high-end wide receiver, 108 catches for 1,400 yards and a career-high 11 touchdowns last season. Uh, top five fantasy wide receiver for me going into this season. Uh, I think yep. both of us – sorry. I think both of yeah. us uh, would be – I have a little I have a little sore throat today. So, sorry, guys. <laughs> You're going to hear a bunch <laughs> of pauses, mutes, and coughs um, and clearing my throats. So, I just I, – I, instead of me, like, clearing your throat, clear my throat and you guys like like ah what is that <laughs> just, what is that sound? just do it obnoxiously into the mic yeah just yeah no we can't uh, do that. yeah that would be uh, <laughs> um but what was i saying so yeah i i think i think both of us would be fine and perfectly happy grabbing him in the first round of the season um but let's go past him the bills didn't really upgrade their wide receiver core they still have gabe davis um you know he'll still be the wide receiver starting opposite digs it looks like khalil shakir will likely be their slot wide receiver going into the season though apparently he'll be competing with Deontay Hardy and you know he signed from the Saints and Hardy actually got a decent contract believe it or not from the Bills in free agency five million a year so he's making way more than Shakir that's for sure um so there's actually a chance here for Hardy to win that job um you know it's hard to bet on either of these slot wide receivers right now um you know, and then you add the potential factor, obviously, of their first round tight end that they yeah. just drafted in Dalton Kincaid and how much he ends up playing in year one out of the slot, you know, and and we went over the fact that, you know, rookie tight ends usually don't make a huge splash, you know, last in the last episode. Uh, and mm-hmm. maybe this is one of those cases where they do. Uh, and the market definitely believes that to be the case because Kincaid is being drafted as the tight end 11 in the 10th round on underdog um, at, at that price. Zach, like, are you in on Kincaid? No, no, I listed him on the post that we put out as a target, but at that price, absolutely not a rookie tight end, tight end 11. I mean, I get it. You want to shoot for the upside. It's just such a barren wasteland at tight end. There's hardly anybody that you're really excited to take. So I I get swinging for the fence with Dalton Kincaid with Josh Allen as quarterback makes sense. He was a first round pick. I think it's all there. And that's I wouldn't have him as a target if I didn't believe that he could do really well. Um, this guy's, you know, head and shoulders, probably the best pass catcher, run after catch kind of tight end, maybe up there with Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta might be up there with him in the draft class. So I think he landed in a good spot. You know, he only has Stefan Diggs really in my mind to compete with. I was a Gabe Davis guy last season. He's he's not really going to be doing a whole lot for him this season. I'm not projecting him to be taking over any game like he did the past two seasons of that game in the divisional round. Um, against the Chiefs. So I, I think you look at Dalton Kincaid, he has a chance to step up and be the second best wide receiver, receiver, not wide receiver, but second best receiver on this offense. You can shoot for that, but at tight end 11 price, that, that's just a little bit too rich for me, you know, because there are other guys, like you said, I like Khalil Shakir. I think that he can do some things from the slot. Um, I didn't know Deontay Hardy got that big a contract. I don't think he's going to live up to it. That's just me. But um, if they're going to be both taking targets, you know, I would maybe dial back a little bit on, on Khalil Shakir. But I think that Stefan Diggs and Dalton Kincaid are going to be the two guys getting the targets from Josh Allen um, primarily. And at that price, like I said, I would hesitate. But if you could get him later than that, I would definitely be targeting Dalton Kincaid. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I hear that, man. I mean, uh, here we go again. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, so, so tight end 11, 10th round on underdog. Uh, here are some players going around Dalton Kincaid right now, uh, plus or minus 10 picks or so. Daniel Jones, Samaji Pirine, Pat Fryermuth, uh, Devon A-Chain, Alan Lazard, Aaron Rodgers, Geno Smith, Rashad Penny, Antonio Gibson, Khalil Herbert, Jared Goff, Jared McKinnon. Okay, so, you know, I, listen, there's a lot of those guys that I would rather pick 
than Dalton yeah. Kincaid at that spot. Okay. And I totally understand that the Bills need Kincaid, Kincaid to be that dude because they really don't have anyone dependable behind Stefan Diggs. But when players produce, it's because they're ready to produce, right? Like the opportunity yeah. meets ability at the same time. And I love Kincaid as a prospect. But am I going to bet that Kincaid is going to have the upside of being a difference maker at the position in year one? No, probably not. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's it's a tough yeah. bet to make for me. Um, you know, we're also assuming that Dawson Knox completely goes away, right? And I think yeah. he eventually will. But, you know, he's like a solid tight end that has been in this offense, is now a veteran. Um, you know, he's going to be involved as well. He knows the offense. He has a huge contract, Right. And in Kincaid's year one, like I can't imagine that he's running a, the required route participation that we want from a fine, from a high end fantasy tight end one. Right. Like right. You need, he would need to be running like 70 to 75 percent um, route participation with Knox around, you know, so at that price, like yeah. and it's going to go up, by the way, like the hype train hasn't even begun yet. Like wait until there's a video of Kincaid making like a nice grab in OTAs or training camp. It, it's going to yeah. get wild. And, and I think. You know, this is the price with the least amount of hype possible. So I think it's going to go up. So I, I I think I'm out for 2023. Um, yeah. I mean, you mentioned way, that. Yeah, Sorry, you look at Dalton Kincaid. He's tight end 11. He's behind guys like Pat Fryermuth, Dave Njoku. Yeah. I, I could see him jumping ahead of Dave Njoku, who's at tight end nine right now, really easily. You know, I don't think anybody's mm-hmm. on a Dave Njoku hype train because they have a lot of receivers now in Cleveland. I see that, and like I'm looking at, like we mentioned, Pat Fryermuth. Like, give me Pat Fryermuth over Kincaid at the same price. Like, if you're drafting Kincaid to be like a solid tight end one, like why not just draft Fryermuth, who's going to be in that. a solid tight end one, like regardless. Yeah. Like, he's going into his third year. You know, when tight ends typically start to break out, uh, he already caught 60 passes each of his last two years. His first two years, he went from eight yards per reception to 11.6 yards per reception, which was top eight. Uh, among qualifying tight ends. He was top seven in yards per route run, right behind all the big names that we know about. Um, He was PFF's sixth highest rated tight end last year. Uh, We have a proven commodity who's going to be a solid tight end one next year. We know that. So I'd rather have that over a rookie tight end. You know, one that is a good prospect, but not someone who's like Kyle Pitts level talent. Yeah, no, I I hear you on that one. So, yeah, the price is... Where not where I would want it to be. Yeah. I do when I put this post together. I think he was a little bit lower, but now right. he's up pretty high. I might be off Dalton Kincaid at that price too, because I also look down the board too, not just up the board, but down the board. Chiga Conquo's there too. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he's tight end thirteen. I kind of like him. He might be just pigeonholed into some volume just because that offense has nobody. And he was actually you know flashing a little bit last season. So I kind of like him there too. Two spots after Dalton Kincaid. So there are. A bunch of different ways you can go, you can go at tight end. I do like Dalton Kincaid, but you know now, now you mentioned the this, price. Like, I I think can Kincaid can can Kincaid finish as like a tight end one, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. can he can he be the tight end eleven? Like you draft him as a tight end eleven, can he be the tight end eleven? Sure, but yeah. that means that he wasn't a difference maker at the position, and that's what you're looking right. for. Right? Chances are, um, tight end eleven is going to be like in the ballpark of 160 PPR points, which is is that a little under 10 points a game, maybe? Um, Dude, if you that, assume you play 17 games. That, like, it's not even that high. I don't even yeah. think it's that high. <laughs> to be because, honest, I mean, that that's historically what it's been to be in that range. Because it's been Travis Kelsey I, up at like 300. And now it's yeah. like, then it drops humongously. And it's like the 220 gets you like your tight end two to five, six. 
And then after yeah. that, it's just the high hundreds. So, right. yeah, you're not going to be getting a whole lot enough. if he's tight in 11. Yeah. Real quick, so so you mentioned Gabe Davis, fourth-round pick last year in fantasy drafts, bust. Being yeah. drafted on underdog right now as a wide receiver 40 this year, seventh round. Are you in or out? On Gabe Davis? I'm not really. I look at the guys going around him, and I think that's a big thing for me. Like I'm not big on Gabe Davis right now. He is... Well, he is what we expected him to be. He's boom or bust. And he had boom games, but he had a ton of bust games. And that just, you can't have that in your fantasy lineup every week. I mean, if you're starting him as a flex, that's one thing. But he was drafted as a wide receiver, too, in most cases. You know, that's where people projected to slot him into their lineup each week. And he he just completely failed. So I look at like Brandon Cooks, Jahan Dotson going immediately after him back to back. Right. I, I think that they're much better investments at that point. No brainers. Yeah. No brainers. I, I don't like, think that's yeah. even close. I don't think it's close either. Um, let's go to the Bills' backfield. We got James Cook. We got Devin Singletary out. Damian Harris in. Latavius Murray in. Uh, Naheem Hines restructured his contract to be able to stay. And like to me, I'm looking at the signings of Damian Harris and Latavius Murray, and that that to me is like a little bit of a sign that the Bills want you know bigger backs to be able to handle more of the grunt work, right? The goal yeah. line, short yardage, uh, being able to establish a little bit of a run game. Um, I, I think Harris is going to be the primary runner in this offense as long as he can stay healthy, right? He hasn't shown the ability to do that. So, yeah. you know, I think when it comes to James Cook uh, and Latavius Murray, I, I think it'll be really tough to ask Cook to come off the field for Murray that much, um, mm-hmm. you know, but Cook, you got you to remember that he's a, he's a 199 pound running back, right? He's not going to be getting this huge workload by any means. So, there will be another running back sharing the load with Cook, regardless of what happens to Harris, right? Whether he stays healthy or not. Um, right. If Harris does end up getting hurt, I think Cook's opportunity is going to go up enough to the point where, like, we're talking potential, you know, maybe high in RB2, right? If they mm-hmm. use him right in the receiving game. Um, like, we knew that Cook was a very good receiver coming out, right, into the NFL. Yeah. And, you know, 1.22 yards per route run last year, very solid. You know, he only ran 148 routes last year. I think that goes up by a, a good amount this year um, mm-hmm. with a little bit of a caveat, and we'll get to that in a second. But he ran out of the slot at a 10% rate. That was top 12 among qualifying running backs last year. He ran out wide at a 12% rate, which was top four, top 10 in yards per reception. Now, who's a better pass catcher, him or Naheem Hines? Yeah. I think that's a, legit, that's a really legitimate question, you know, because Hines has proved that he's one of the best pass catcher running backs in the NFL over the last several seasons. Uh, mm-hmm. He's very efficient. Um, so if, if there's a possibility that there's some sort of share in that pass catching role, right? And on top of that, like no goal line carries for Cook. He's being drafted as an RB30 right now uh, in the eighth round on underdog. I think that price is okay. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think he's like a huge target of mine at that spot. Like you're not going to catch me taking Cook over Kamara. Like Kamara's going around there, dude, which is insane right now. He's going uh, right now. Gonna... Yeah. I think that price is going to go up for Kamara like once people realize that he might, uh, you know, if he doesn't get suspended or whatever. But, you know, I'm not taking him over Michael Thomas. David Montgomery is being taken eight picks before him. So there's no question there, like at all, mm. that I'm taking David Montgomery. Um, so I, I understand the intrigue, you know, and the upside because of the offense. But again, like, I think I think I'm out on him right now. But I, I know this might sound crazy, but Damian Harris at the end of the 10th round, like the goal line back on a good offense, like, I don't know. I think I'd rather have that, like a, just a shot at him staying healthy. Like I don't think they're going to force Josh Allen to take those hits at the goal line as long as no. Harris is is healthy. 
Right. And I, I'm with you on that one. I mean, James Cook, I think there's too many. They brought in Damian Harris to take the early down work. They have Naeem Hines to catch the passes, you know. James Cook can do both of those, but he's not better than either of them, I think, at either of those things. So James Cook, he's good. And like you said, he's light. He's not going to be shouldering a full load. I look at James Cook like, is he going to have the type of opportunity? Is it going to be a DeAndre Swift situation where, yeah, we know he can maybe catch passes, you know, but is he going to see the workload? That's what we had. That's what happened last season. He had two running backs. He had um, Jamal Williams, who was a goal linebacker. And, you know, let's just compare these situations last season. Jamal Williams, Damian Harris, they're on the same vein as far as their role in the offense. So say Damian Harris is getting the goal line carries and the early down carries, you know, there goes that work for James Cook. And then Naeem Hines is coming in and mixing in. That's what it was a Craig Reynolds coming in last season for the Lions. That would be um, Naeem Hines coming in. And that's not even factoring in Latavius Murray, who might still get touches as well. So for me, that's not even close to anywhere near a secure workload. I'm not trusting James Cook in my flex. I don't think at this point, I think he's just speculative in case something happens. He'd be someone I'll be putting on my bench happily, but at RB 30, like you said, with the prices of the guys going around him, like Alvin Kamara sitting right there, I'd rather have him on the bench and have him come off the bench and play for my team than James Cook any given week, assuming that Alvin Kamara, you know, doesn't get suspended. But that's a really sticky situation too. And we can't really speculate and project anything about that till we find out more what's going to happen. But yeah, James Cook, I feel like not only is he overvalued, but you laid it out pretty perfectly that the workload might not necessarily be there either. That's my concern. And, you know, he's going to have to be efficient on whatever he does end up getting. Um, right. I we'll, think you we'll can see. do that. But I think so, too. I think so, too. And that's why there's some intrigue there. You know, I, yeah. I, I agree with the people who want James Cook. I totally get it. Like, he, 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 was, he showed a lot of flashes last year, man. And, like, he was one of the mo- – he was actually one of the most efficient runners, too. He was also yeah. one of the best, best at breaking – uh, breaking away long runs too. So, you know, something to pay attention to for sure. Our- when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, it's Jets time. The New York Jets. The big one. Aaron Rodgers. Yes. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is a Jet. Uh, he's back with his old offensive coordinator. He knows the offense. Um, here he has a couple of wide receivers he's familiar with, most notably Alan Lazard. Um, but he has his new Devontae Adams in Gary Wilson. Uh, mm-hmm. Wilson already has a leg up on Devontae in terms of how they started their careers. But, you know, Devontae, you know, he ended up being one of the best wide receivers to ever play the game. Um yeah. But, you know, you have a young budding superstar here, uh, you know, in the making to take his career to the next level with Aaron Rodgers helping him get there. Uh, you know, Garrett Wilson, like right now, he's a second round pick on underdog. He's being drafted as the wide receiver nine off the board. Um, I have him ranked similarly. However, you know, he's being drafted ahead of Amon Ross St. Brown. I think I have to switch those two around. Full redraft and dynasty rankings are up on patreon.com slash fantasy, by the way. Uh, but I'm good with the price of the second round. I really am. Like, I think he's going to be a wide receiver one this year. Uh, he's yeah. average wide receiver one fantasy points last year with quarterbacks not named Zach Wilson. Um, he had the seventh most receiving yards among rookie wide receivers since the year 2000. Okay, 23 years. Um, 
even with the shitty situation he was in last year, he was able to do his thing. And you look at Matt Harmon's reception perception uh, profile on his rookie season, he's already hit some insane levels when you look at the rookie wide receivers who has hit like this specific threshold of success against press coverage. CeeDee Lamb, Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and OBJ. I mean, right. That's good are, company. Are, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as, uh, those are some good names right there. So he was also PFF's 10th highest graded wide receiver last year overall, not just among rookies. So he's ready. I really think yeah. he's ready. Does he feel like the safest bet at this point? You know, at, at wide receiver? I, I don't know. This is Justin Jefferson, obviously, those top guys. But once you get out of that range, like Garrett Wilson, we know this breakout's coming, right? Like, are we overhyped? Do you think it's possible for this to be overhyped? Yes. Like, I think really? so. I think I it's mean, possible for him to be overhyped. I do. I do. I do. But it would have because, to be some serious overhyping. You know, yeah, I, I, I think I, Aaron Rodgers is very good. But I, Right. And I think, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers is good. And I think that, you know, obviously we saw what Christian Watson did last year. We saw what Rodgers was able to, to, to do with Devonta Adams two years ago. And obviously throughout his career. So, you know, we'll see. You know, hopefully Aaron Rodgers is that same dude, right? Like, we have to understand that he is getting older, but there's going to be a drop off at some point for Aaron Rodgers. Hmm. Oh, hopefully it's not right now. That would really suck for the Jets and myself. Uh, but, uh, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's really a projection there. However, I think ranking Gary Wilson as a low end wide receiver one, I agree. I think it's relatively safe. I think there's not that many chances that, that he busts. So, um, he had an amazing rookie year, and with a new quarterback, I'm all in. Yeah, and he's Aaron Rodgers. Like, this is the thing for me. It's that Aaron Rodgers is so far, not only head and shoulders, just like entire human body above Zach Wilson. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Zach Wilson was garbage, and Mike by White way, was all right. By yeah, the way, uh, Aaron, so you know how Aaron Rodgers got banged up? With his, you know, he got that calf right. injury, whatever. Yep. Apparently, Zach Wilson looked lights out <laughs> in OTAs while with Aaron Rodgers out. Apparently, really? he was like a different guy. Yeah, yeah. But you know, only only it was only you know one or two days of OTAs. So that's, that's the not, kind of OTA. Let's like, not go that crazy. But hey, that's why we hey, say, listen, yeah, go ahead. Take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> yes. Well, listen, that's I'll say why this. we say. I think that this is literally the Aaron Rodgers signing is literally the best case scenario for Zach Wilson. Like there's nothing else that could have happened that would have been better for him because his career was going to the toilet mm-hmm. right now. The jets are giving him another chance at being the backup sitting behind Aaron Rodgers. And then when Aaron Rodgers ends up leaving, what happens, right? Does Zach Wilson yeah. end up being all right? But anyway, I digress. Could I, another jets uh, comeback story at quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Geno Smith. <laughs> and now Zach Wilson. I don't Hopefully know. We'll the jets, though. Hope, yeah, if that yeah. happens, I hope it's for the Jets. For me, with Zach Wilson, this does kind of constitute like a reset for him. You know what I mean? Like he probably would have been better off sitting behind a veteran his first season, but he got thrown into the fire. Um, and we see that happen all the time. So I think that if he does get this right, like he might be able to go somewhere else. Like especially if a team needs a bridge quarterback, like he could probably get there and maybe do some things. I'm not sure. I don't want to project too much on Zach Wilson because right now, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers' show regardless. If it, 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 that's how it's going to be. But Zach Wilson is interesting. That's just another yeah. storyline. Nothing to do with fantasy, but I hear <laughs> I, I also think um, Alan Lazard is a little bit of a value. He's being drafted as the wide receiver 52 on underdog in the 10th round. And by the way, if you're not drafting on underdog at this time of the year, of the offseason, like, what are you doing? Yeah. All right. Basketball doing? drafts <laughs> are the best thing to happen to fantasy football because you can enjoy like one of the best things that we love to do, and that's drafting. 
right? Like no in-season yeah. management for best ball, no waivers. Like you draft like 18 to 20 rounds. Okay, you have a starting lineup, but you never have to set it. Your lineup gets set automatically every single week based on who goes off. So if you have Devontae Adams that you drafted in the first round, he shits the bed one week. But you had Jalen Hyatt on your bench randomly go off. And guess what? Hyatt ends up being in your lineup that week and not Adams. Mm -hmm. Adams goes on your bench automatically. And you get Hyatt's points counting towards your score. So you can draft as many teams as you want. You can play for big money in big tournaments. You can play in private drafts with your friends for money. Um, I also have a bunch of private drafts with you guys, you know, if you're keeping up with them on my Instagram stories, uh, but you should definitely, definitely check that out. Keep up with that because, you know, we can play together and I'll kick your ass. Um, and Underdog <laughs> is given a 100% match on your first deposit, so they will double your first deposit up to $100 uh, as long as you use the code upper hand when you sign up and or if you use the link in the description of this episode. Um, and then during the season, you can do those pickums that we love. Um, it, well, you can really do pickums now if you're into other sports like NBA or MLB or whatever, they have it all. So, so go check out Underdog, yeah, yeah. check it out. Um, <laughs> back, to, back to Lazard, real quick being drafted as a wide receiver 52 in the 10th round last year, he was the wide receiver 33 in fantasy points per game. Um, I'm not saying the dude is an every week starter, but he can turn out to be one. Uh, listen, I, I also don't think he's a great receiver, to be honest with you. Um, right. You know, I was kind of upset that the Jets signed him to that deal. He's a versatile guy. Uh, you know, he can play in the slot, and that's the hope. You know, I'd assume it's mostly Garrett and Corey Davis on the outside. If Garrett mm -hmm. Wilson is commanding all this attention, I think there's room for other wide receivers to contribute, right? Um, and, you know, they all had to deal with the Jets' shitty quarterback issues last year. Um, I really yeah. hope this guard is in the slot. But it brings up Corey Davis. Like, I, I, I won't be mad at all. If I miss out on Lazard, you know, whatever, who cares? Because it's a lot of other good picks around that mm. spot. But Corey Davis, as a waiver wire pickup after your draft or in the la late in the last round of best ball drafts, like the wide receiver 95 right now with an 18th round ADP, sneaky flex play because they're getting Aaron Rodgers here, right? And, right. you know, someone who might be surprisingly rostered in 12-team leagues most of the year because of the fact that Aaron Rodgers is there, maybe making – another wide receiver relevant outside of Garrett Wilson. And it might be Corey Davis, who I think is probably a better wide receiver than Alan Lazard. Lazard has the chemistry with Rodgers, but, um, yeah. but you never know. There could be another receiver that we're not really thinking of. And it could be Corey Davis. Yeah. That's the only reason we're giving Alan Lazard any, you know, he, you know, I think it's because of Aaron Rodgers. We Aaron Rodgers has always been a fan of Alan Lazard. This is the way it goes. That's the whole reason they paid him all that money, I think. That wasn't a move that the Jets made. They weren't paying Alan Lazard all that money because he's the receiver, like he's this big-name receiver. They were paying him all that money to make sure they got him so that Aaron Rodgers would come over. That kind of thing. That, that's my speculation on that. Yeah. But you talk about Corey I Davis. Totally agree. Right, go ahead. I, I hear I totally you agree. on that 100% with Corey Davis. I mean, he had a couple, like, pop-up games last season even, yeah. you know, just with the quarterback situation the way it was. So I think you can absolutely trust that. He was actually a really solid receiver when he was in Tennessee too. Um, he just never – he had to deal with Ryan Tannehill for most of the time. So that's just how that works. But Corey Davis – I've always liked Corey Davis. I think he's a good receiver. Um, I think he, like you said, is better than Alan Lazard. So I think that he'd be a really solid pickup at the end of a draft. Um, I'm not, like – prioritizing him like i wouldn't now go out of your way and draft He's him an way early but you, like you mentioned he is an option so I, I think that 
he has a chance to produce just as well as Alan Lazard for half the price. I, I think that's a fair assessment because I don't think either I don't think we're gonna have weeks where both Alan Lazard and Corey Davis are going off at the same time because Garrett right. Wilson's there. He's gonna be taking tons of targets. He's gonna be way over the hundred target, hundred reception, I think, threshold Garrett Wilson is this season. Now talk to me about Aaron Rodgers as a fantasy yeah. asset this season. Um, you know, over the past few seasons he's been like low end QB one, high end QB two. Do you see that changing at all going to the Jets? I think he has a much better chance to stick more closer to the low-end QB1 range than the high-end QB2 range just because this is an obvious upgrade, I think, you know, in supporting cast. He's my target for that post that we put out um, on the Jets, Aaron Rodgers. I think that he's in a perfect situation to get back to his ways where he's thrown like 40 touchdowns and just like single-digit interceptions. He can be extremely efficient in this offense the way that it's built. I, I love Aaron Rodgers. I, like I said, he falls into that category for me with like the Dak Prescotts and um, the Jared Goffs, like the guys that they're they're pocket quarterbacks, but they're on great offenses. They're going to have plenty of weapons. They're going to be safe bets at the position. That's where I view Aaron Rodgers. He's not a high upside guy. He's obviously not going to be running a whole lot, but I think that you look at Aaron Rodgers, the receivers that he has, Garrett Wilson's like, he's is he the, he's the, is he the first first round receiver that he's throwing to? Like, you know, I feel you like know what? That's so funny. You're probably right about that. I feel um, like there's too many receivers that he's thrown to. I think he's thrown the first round tight ends, but not receivers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We talked about that touchdown thing, right? Like, I think it was, he never threw a touchdown to like a first round wide receiver before. Yeah. Well, that's about to change. You know what I'm saying? Many times. About to change. So he's going to make up for all that time that he lost with Garrett Wilson. But yeah, I love it. Over, under, over under 12 touchdowns for Garrett Wilson this year. I think that's probably where I'd put him. <laughs> right on that. Well, that I think well, it's going to be a push. A if it's over are... under, yeah. If that's the line, that's right where I put him. So I, if I had to pick one, okay, okay. How about this? Uh, eleven and a half. Over. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Eleven and a half. That that'll do. I don't think he goes under eight touchdowns, but I don't think he tops fifteen. I think that would be a little over generous with you know what we're projecting right. here. That would be getting caught up in the hype. Yeah, but I think, I think he's definitely going to fall. What'd you say? I think 11 and a half is a solid line. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not sure. I'm sure it's set somewhere. We could find it, but that's probably right where they have it. Now, let's move on to the backfield real quick. Brees Hall, he's that dude, but I, I've already talked about this at length. I, I, I don't think I can target him this year after the ACL right. injury. I love him for t- 2024, but for 2023, I'm out. He's being drafted in the third round on underdog, and it's going to be in the second in like 12 team home leagues. Okay. And underdog, the, the running backs are suppressed a little bit. Wide receivers being taken a little bit higher, but in the second round, 12 team leagues, I can't do it, dude. There's no. only, only Jamal Charles and Adrian Peterson, you know, went off at the year after a torn ACL. And you're going to have to make sure that Brees Hall goes off at that price that you're paying for him. Right. right. So it's not like you're getting this discount on him at all. Um, and if you were, I'm cool with it. Like, if he was going the third, fourth round, like, yeah, like, I'm okay with that. Like, I would actually pick him. Like, I would prefer – I would actually target him. But remember, Brees Hall was a third, fourth round pick last year. And now, yeah. after torn ACL, he's a second round pick. He should have been a second round pick last year. And we were banging mm-hmm. the table to draft Brees Hall. It was the right decision. He ended up getting hurt. Right? But, yeah, you know, he's going off That's the back really for me. Yeah, it, it's not like – I. I and it's not like if I don't pick Brees Hall, it's not like I'm missing out. 
I'm still drafting another awesome player at that spot, right? There are other yeah. wide receivers who I'll be able to take at his price, and I'll be just fine. Just way safer and almost an equal amount of upside. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you on that one 100%. Now, is there a chance Brees Hall could defy all the odds, you know, stats? Yes. And, and you know, all that stuff? Yes, there is. Um, but I'm just looking at it as he's – that was his rookie season. He only has – was it six games under his belt in the NFL? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that he's probably not going to beat those odds, or at least not to the extent that's going to warrant a second-round pick, like you said. So yeah. I think you look at it – and you really framed it well when you said that, you know, you look at it, he was being drafted in the third or fourth round last season. He tears his ACL, and suddenly he gets a bump in ADP. Like, that's that doesn't make sense. And I think that really puts into perspective – what you're the risk that you're getting into by taking him that early. And I, th- I think that's hundred percent true. It's not like there's going to be any shortage of talent at the top. There's so many other players that you can pick from um, and guys that are probably floating down a little too low still, even anyway. So I think that you're on the money with that one. I, I hate to just be like an echo chamber, but like this all makes complete perfect sense. And I didn't you know, list it, him as an, a target or an avoid or anything like that, just because I'm not sure, but I'm with, yeah, you. it's, it's tough. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think I think Brees Hall has the the youth on his side. He has the elite athleticism on his side um, to be an outlier. Yeah. So so did Saquon. You know. Now and and I'm not a PT. I'm not a doctor. But you know, when doctor Saquon, speaking. like a lot of people are talking about Saquon's, you know, injury. Like you know he, uh, you know he ended up. You know, it was a freak injury, and I kind of agree with that. But I don't know. Was there any sort of mechanism that affected his body to the point where, like, you know, that injury wouldn't have happened? You know, if he ended up, you know, being just fine the year before without the ACL injury, there's still a long recovery. He did come back early. Who knows, right? There's a lot of yeah. a lot of unknowns there. So I, I hate to say it because I love Brees Hall, but too expensive. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 